Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tuning in to Believe in K-State with Reggie Blackwell and Joe Matthew. Today, Reggie and I talk about the disappointing loss to Missouri and look ahead to this weekend's matchup against UCF. Today, we talk about injuries and how the Wildcats can overcome those injuries. And we have a rapid-fire segment with Reggie where he gives us his thoughts about Deion Sanders. We also talk NFL Hall of Fame and Jordy Nelson's possibility of getting in. But first, a message from our sponsor. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available online anywhere. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, welcome, uh, Joe to another edition of Believe in K-State. It, boy, we got to really, 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 really get motivated today mm-hmm. coming off a devastating loss in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I don't know about you, but it took me a few days to get over that. It 30 to 27. Days. Yeah, it took me a few days to get over it. I really was bummed for a couple days. Like, I didn't know what to think. Still kind of no, shocked about what happened. No, I was really shocked, Joe. And, uh, you know, being able to witness it from the sideline and the ball actually just going through, I kind of paused for about, you know, 10 seconds or so until the fans started rushing me and just in awe. Mm-hmm. Like, well, can you believe this happened? Yeah, and... I, I never thought he was going to make that kick. Never. I never thought it was going through. And especially with Drinkwitz, that delay a game penalty they got, that was ridiculous. I, I, I rewatched the game on Monday, and <laughs> the, Missouri, the, the whole team's just standing around the field. Uh, you know, they had him huddled, huddled up, and we're talking to him, and – Clock play clocks winding down and winding down, and they didn't have any timeouts left. I don't right. What what were they doing? No, I think they just lost a sense of time of what was going on. And fortunately enough, uh, you know, instead of making it from 
56, he had to make it from 61 and drilled it. Yeah. He you know, did. credit to him. He missed a 54 yard earlier in the game. Quite right. So credit to he, him for making this one. He did. So let's jump into the game a little bit, um, Joe. Um, number one, I, I knew we were going to have a tough game after we went down and scored. Looked like we had very much control. Then had some pretty good plays on defense. But come back later when Missouri comes back and answer on the big play with Luther Burden, uh, wide open, 40-some-yard touchdown. Um, that kind of set the tone for, okay, this is getting ready to be a back-and-forth day. Yeah, on Burden's first touchdown. <laughs> you know, I was worried about Luther Burden before the game. Right, I was we worried about, about him last year's game, how right. they were going to cover him. But it went, it went all right. He was a true freshman last year. They did all right against him last year. This year, it's a different story. And I haven't coached football other than other than Pop Warner football when my kid played it. But don't isn't the first thing you do is say to the secondary, "Don't let Luther Burden get behind you." No, that's a very right. So and so, on that first touchdown, I, I mean, it was a blown coverage. I mean, that, I, when no, I watched no it again on TV. The safety in the corner, Burton's running right by them, and they're just kind of looking at each other like, well, who's going to guard him? <laughs> right, right. It was blown. It was weird. No, it, and that was the one thing we mentioned last week. My whole thing was I knew Luther were going to, was going to make plays. He's yes. a hard runner and a hard person to bring down. But the key thing that we could not afford to do, Joe, was let him get the big play. The explosive play. If we let him catch the ball in front of us and tackle him, you know, and let Mizzou have to keep working the possession, that's a different story versus giving up some big explosive plays. Not only we gave it to Luther Burden, we gave it to Mookie, um, uh, the other receiver, number five, and a couple of other, which is very uncharacteristic of our secondary. Yeah, it is. I was disappointed how the secondary played. Um they did make some good plays in the game. They did. Um, so it wasn't all bad. And I knew Missouri was going to get some big plays. They have great receivers. The quarterback's good. He can he can throw it downfield. So I wasn't necessarily surprised at the yardage that they were getting. But it, like you mentioned, it's the big plays that really killed the Wildcats in this one. Yeah, that was my thing. I mean, we didn't take advantage of some opportunities, and we're going to talk about both sides of the ball here too. But, you know, Ben Sennett had a first great first half, looked like he was a, a man among boys in the beginning, but then he drops a critical third down pass that would have kept the sticks moving in a very, very critical situation. You yeah. can't be an all Big 12 potential All-American type candidate where you don't make that play at that given time. You have to make that play, Joe. Yeah, and I was I watched him in the first half. And I thought, whoa, well, there's Reddy's big baller right there. <laughs> then I watched him in the second half, and I said, no, you can't give him big baller because he dropped, well, like you said, one key pass, 
One was thrown behind him, but he dropped. I think he probably still could have caught it, but it was right. it was definitely behind him. And as I wrote about on Monday, if that pass is completed, because Senate was open, and if that pass was completed, K-State's got it down on the 35-yard line, and they could have easily won the game. But instead, they had to punt, and then Surrey got the ball, and we all know what happened. But Yeah, so when you look at the game in the totality, it, it, and this is me not just being a fan, it just seemed like Missouri wanted it more. And what I mean by that, Joe, I don't think that the Kansas State players didn't play hard. But Missouri, and then you can see with their reaction after the game, yeah, that it was like their Super Bowl. But it just seemed like they had all the chips at the middle of the table and refused to lose the game to where we were hoping to just win the game but not go out and take the game if you understand where I'm going. Yeah. It just looked like we didn't take it. And I also think that from a coaching standpoint as well, I think we kind of got a little conservative in a certain situations where we were kind of hoping to get to overtime, maybe escape and just get out of here with a win instead of just go ahead when we were up to go ahead and kill it and get the knockout punch. Now, some of that was a do about the players not executing, but I do think some of the play calling, even on both sides of the ball, we were just not as aggressive as we need to be. Definitely not. And the common theme of this podcast has been my issue with offensive play calling at certain times and key possessions of games, especially in losses, which, which are glaring. Like we had the ball first and 10 around our own 40-yard line up 24 to 20 with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. There's no reason not to at least get a field goal, get right. about 20 yards and a field goal. But instead, they, I mean, <laughs> way too conservative play calling, and I don't know what was going on. But but this is what climate does sometimes, is it gets conservative in those situations. I mean, they ran it to Giddens, Giddens twice in a row. They had then a third and two. Howard drops back, throws a little screen pass to Senate, two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he was blanketed by his defender and dropped the ball. Even if he would have caught it, it wouldn't have been a first down. Right. The the frustrating thing about that series, that three and out, is on the next series when K State got the ball back, they opened it up again. They, they threw did. a pass down the middle to trench on Ward for 30 yards. And now, they were right back. Slide? And... Why did he slide? Good question. You I know. was wondering that too. So in my mind, I'm looking at it on the field. Uh, why don't he go get another 10 yards? Yeah, I don't know why he slid. That, but that... <laughs> and when I was watching the game at first and – in the stands, it didn't hit me. But when I rewatched the game, it did hit me. Right. I said, what what is he doing sliding right there? That makes no sense. Yeah, that, that, uh, I was just I'll let you finish your point, but that was just auspicious to me. Yeah. But the point is when they had to score there on that possession, they opened up the offense again. And then they went right down the field and scored. When they were up four points, 
he got way too conservative. Why not just go be aggressive, stay aggressive, and put the game away? Because if you go up 11 points there with, say, eight minutes left, most likely you're going to win the game. Because even if you give up another touchdown, you still get the ball back with five minutes or so. No doubt. Left in the and, game. And, 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 maybe, and maybe it was a function of he was not comfortable with Howard. Howard was limping noticeably. Yeah. He was banged up. So maybe he was trying to mask that, uh, which could be true. But if that was the case, I would have just went on win with Avery full time. Just took Howard out the game if he couldn't do what he needed to do. And Mm -hmm. just let Howard open it. I mean, let Avery open it up. Not just to do the Wildcat package and run the ball, but just let him just come be the normal quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he he could have given Avery more snaps in that second half, and I would have been totally fine with it. He got positive yards on every every play he was in there. Right, right. So every time. So yeah. Um extraordinary loss. Um, you know, I, I got really only one candidate uh for the big baller, and it's kind of I'm giving it to him as a kind of goodbye um parting gift of a defensive uh, linebacker that's going to be out for the year, Daniel Green. He had nine tackles, seven solos, a sack, and two tackles for loss. Uh, he really started to come on in the second half, probably after he hurt his chest or peck or exactly. I seen him on the sideline. I didn't know exactly what was the injury at first. Uh, you can see him kind of moving his arm and trying to stretch something. But it's extremely unfortunate because I think he probably shown a stretch. It was on one drive where he almost single-handedly did everything for the K-State defense. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He was very impactful. And he looked like he was really starting to come alive. Yeah, I thought he played great in the game. I don't recall the play where he got injured. So when I heard he was injured, I was a little surprised. You were down on the fields. I don't know which. But I don't know which. There was a play when he came off. Yeah. After after a series, and it was a series that that he had to sack on. Uh, And he was being attended to on the sideline. I could see him grimacing, but it must have happened on one of those plays. Yeah. It's just too bad that he's out for the season now. And, you know, he's the leader of that defense, that's for sure. So, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with him in the future. Climate kind of said they may apply for a medical hardship. So, he, yeah, you know, we, we may see him again. I don't know. But it's too bad that, you know, he was loved by his teammates. He's loved by the coaches. And it's just too bad that, you know, he has to go out like that or possibly go out like that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So Daniel Deuce Green is our big baller player of the game. Uh, I was almost not ready to give out an award for anybody, but he definitely won that was deserving of it. Other than that, uh, no other candidates that I got in deserving mode. So congratulations to Deuce. We wish him well. Yep. Absolutely. Well, as we transition, Joe, we got to move on. And I know us as fans, 
took this loss as hard as the, the guys in the on the team. Uh, and, and it was personal for me, Joe, because growing up in St. Louis, playing against Mizzou's always been a rivalry. It's just always been a personal game that I circled back in the big eight days when I was playing against Kate, Missouri. And we always had a little chip on our shoulders playing against them because they're a little chirpy. They're a little chippy. They talk mm-hmm. a little stuff. And as you could, if you were down on the field afterwards, even Luther Burden uh, got a little mouthy, kind of got into our guys' faces after the game. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, our guys handled it professionally, and they walked on off the field. Uh, and, and I understand the exuberance of Luther and being excited and a very dramatic win. I just thought that he could have been a little bit more uh, professional in the case. Look, celebrate with your teammates. I have no problem talking noise, talking junk, but don't get into the guy's face and be really instigating it like that, like, you know, you want to almost start a fight. That wasn't cool. I didn't no, like it that. wasn't. And I don't know if they were talking stuff back or during the game. Burden kind of made it seem that way, like, why don't you talk now or something right. like that. Right, exactly. So exactly. I don't know exactly what went on before then. But, yeah, it's easy to get in someone's face and act like that after you kick a 61-yard field goal like right. this. But, right, when you, when you win the yeah. game. Right. And him and, and him and Kobe probably had some 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 junk talking back and forth like you would on a basketball court when you're going up against nobody. But long as it's that, at the end of the game, you still gotta put all that to the side when even you talk stuff and you shake hands and you say, Okay, congratulations. Now, maybe it was so the moment was so big, he got caught up in the hype, but that's not a guy you know, that's doing so much of money in NIL that want to be out there talking like that. That was not mm-hmm. not at the professional level where it should be. No, it wasn't at all. I agree. All right, so let's talk about UCF. Hey, we got a staunch opponent coming to Manhattan. The line has went down. It was about six and a half, five and a half. Now it looks like it's between four, four and a half. K-State still is favored, but it looked like some money has been – spent on Central Florida coming to Manhattan. Uh, If you think about it and look at all the statistical categories, other than rushing yards allowed, which K-State's only allowing 50, UCF has the advantage in every category. Yeah, they're 3-0. They beat Kent State 56-6 in week one, and I watched some of that game, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but – then they beat Boise at Boise 18 to 16. And then last week they beat Villanova 48 to 14. The interesting thing about the scores is they haven't given up more than 16 points a game. Yes, right. In a game. Um, some of that's the level of competition. Boise's usually pretty good. They're one and right. two this year. They lost to Washington and then the UCF. But, you know, when I saw them in the first game against Kent State, I thought Plumley, their quarterback, looked awesome. And I was so worried about having to face him. He is injured now. He got injured against Boise, and he is out for this game. Timmy McLean is the backup quarterback, and he's their starter. 
And I, and I don't I don't think it's a drastic drop off. I don't think so. He had uh, 321 uh, yards last week, passing two touchdowns at 44 rush yards. So he's a dual threat guy too, just like Plumley is. So they're gonna run the quarterback and they're gonna pass and they're gonna go high powered offense. And they're gonna go extremely fast. So yeah. they're this is the biggest, this is gonna be the fastest paced offense we've seen. So far, you know, we see a lot of them with Texas Tech and Oklahoma and some of the other teams in the Big 12, but this is going to be warp speed compared to what we've seen. They're going to move very, very quickly. Uh, The interesting thing you said is that the most points have been scored is 16 points. Now, I throw out Kent State and I throw out Villanova, but the whole of Boise team, Boise State at home, to only 16 points, I think that's a signature game for UCF that tells me that their that their level of uh, ability to go on the road all the way across the country uh, and to hold a fairly always competitive Boise State team to only 16 points is pretty good. Yeah, definitely pretty good. So we're going to find out how good their defense really is, I guess. <laughs> But, we'll, you know, we'll with, with us not having Will Howard and Trayshawn Ward, we're missing some key pieces on offense. And I think Avery will do – if he has to start, I think he'll be fine. But I have to say I'm concerned to be an understatement, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I, I think this is going to be a, a game. I'm still going with K-State to find a way to win. But I really do think, Joe – that we have to play a almost penalty-free type game. We can't have done turnovers. And we really got to make sure that we can kind of get some type of advantage in the field position and the special teams game. Because I think we need to score a couple of touchdowns for our offense um, short yardage, meaning 40, 50-yard drives not have to always go 80 to 70 yards because particularly it looked like we may be without Will Howard. And now we're going to be going with a true freshman who's very skilled, but the key word is true freshman. Yeah. And if we, if Avery does start the game and he's slinging it around the field, like he'll probably have to, I'm expecting a couple interceptions from him to be honest. It's his first game against real high-quality, you know, Big 12 competition. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to make getting around it. He's going to make a mistake or two. The key is, as long as they're not in costly situations, i.e. in the red zone, we going in the score, where you give up an interception where it could have been, we could have at least got a field goal out of it. So I I think he – I think Klein – will keep him out of harm's way as most as he can. So you got to look for a little bit of a different offensive game plan from from Colin Klein. I think he is still going to let him throw. He's not going to try to run him all the time, but I really, really think he's going to not try to put him in bad situations. And we got to have a stellar performance for our defense to win this week. We need a redemption from that secondary. We need Mm -hmm. multiple interceptions. We need that front four, I mean, that front three, 
but and particularly I'm talking about the front seven, we got to have a couple sacks. I don't know yeah. what happened to Khalid Duke last week. He's a mystery. Yeah. He he just went nowhere. I don't think Missouri's offensive line was that good to shut that guy down. That just blew my mind. Yeah, he did get injured early in the game, but, you know, he was back in. I think he only missed maybe a couple plays. But so I don't know if that affected him or not. But you yeah, didn't but hear his name much. You didn't hear his name much, and you didn't you didn't see the impact of what we know he can do. So we he's got we got to get more from him, and we got to get more from our defensive ends across the board to get some pressure. And the key is they've got to have great discipline this week, Joe. And this quarterback can still scramble; he can run a little bit. So you got to stay in your lanes. You got to be disciplined, and we need to tackle well because these receivers are some pretty good receivers. They got some guys that can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The defense, they're going to be the key to the game. You know, you can't give up 40 points in this game. That's for no. sure. No, we can't. All. we can't give up that many in the shootout. I mean, UCF is averaging 617 yards of total offense. You know, <laughs> Yeah. They can't they can't get 600 yards of total offense and expects us to match that and win. No. So they need to be around 300 or 400 some yards and we've got to completely shut the run down. Mm-hmm. If we do what we've been doing, eliminate the run, make them one dimensional, then we can get into some better uh, blitzes and better sets to get some advantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah can't make mistakes in this game, can't turn the ball over. And like you said, we have to force turnovers, bottom yeah, line. We're, yeah, we're not doing a good job. Uh, we did get a couple of interceptions here and there. We didn't get in in the Missouri game. But we've got to be more aggressive in attacking the ball defensively, violently tackling. And I mean tackling the runner with the purpose of stripping doing some other stuff, not just to get them on the ground. Well, we got to wrap up, but we got to gang tackle and we got to try to strip. We got to create some turnovers for our offense. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of this true freshman that's going to be replacing Daniel Green this week? What do you know about him? So Austin Romaine is a St. Louis guy as well, kind of a suburb of St. Louis, Hillsborough High School. Um, They've been raving about him since camp, that he's a guy that's really caught on to the system early. He knows the playbook. He's a little bit of ahead of his time. I think he's going to be okay. I don't wouldn't have liked to seen him thrown into a starting role this early. I like when we were just kind of platooning him. Schools were getting him some reps, getting him going. But now having to go out here and play 50, 60 plays, in a critical position, Oof. yeah, we'll tough. see. That's a big boy. That's a big boy role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Clifton, who's out as well, probably would have been a guy that have been in there, and that would have served some of that Mike role. But with him being injured as well, it jumps all the way down to Romaine, which mm-hmm. they planned on playing this year. He has seen some action, so he's not a complete neophyte. And he has a great sense of nose for the ball. Uh, 
But being able to make the calls and checks, I think they'll probably defer a lot of that to Austin Moore um, to make them calls from the wheel position that are probably traditionally called from the mic just to take off some of that pressure mentally from Romaine so he can just go and play. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it'll be just interesting to see how he plays and how all that comes together. Like I said, there's a lot of question marks for me in this game. Obviously, Daniel Green being out. Secondary issues against Missouri have to get stored up. You know, the <laughs> uncertainty at quarterback, Will Howard, and Trayshawn Ward, even, you know, him, you know, being doubtful. I, I, we have some real good backup running backs. I, I get that. But Trayshawn Ward, he's been impressive to me the first three games. So I think losing him or not having him is going to be going to hurt a little bit. No, it is going to hurt. I hope we can. I hope he's still serviceable, but doesn't look like he's going to go. Mm -hmm. um, but I do tell you, when you talk a little bit about the running back position, it does feel, and I didn't think this way, and we really do miss Deuce Vaughn. Mm -hmm. We miss the explosive play. Um, Tayshawn Ward is good, but he's no Deuce Vaughn. Right. Uh, DJ Giddens is good, but he can't take one for 60 or 70. Mm -hmm. And Deuce, every game or so, you got one of them type of plays. Right. You know, and I don't think, I think it's a function of, him kind of being able to hide behind that line and find a hole and then do what he needs to do because of his small stature. And I think offensive line-wise, too, we're, we're really missing uh, Duffy. It would be good yeah. to have him back. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that'll sh that showed in the Missouri game that, that we really need him back and get yeah. some cohesiveness there. Yeah, definitely. That will help. Sure. So you got your rapid fire? I got my rapid fire for you, Reggie. You ready? Ready to rock and roll. Not all these have to do with the uh, game this Saturday. So all right. this will be interesting. Some of them do, but some of them do not. Okay. Quarterback Avery Johnson make it start Saturday. My question is, will Avery Johnson start five or more games for K-State this season? Five or more. I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely hope not. Um, I don't think he starts five or more. I think this injury with Will Howard is one that he should be able to come back. But I do think he probably gets to start this week. Or if he doesn't get to start, he's going to play significant time. Uh, I don't think Will Howard is all the way healthy. We'll see. It'll probably be a game-time decision. Um, but I do think that they are comfortable enough to get into this game and put it in the hands of Avery Johnson. I think they have that much confidence in them. And then really, really work hard to try to get Jake Rubley up to a level of, of a Big 12 quarterback just in case we have some problems. Right. Okay. Will the K-State secondary hold UCF to under 300 yards passing? Yes, I think we will redeem ourselves. Uh, I think it's going to be extremely difficult, but I think Klanderman is going to have a game plan to where he's going to get a little bit more exotic in his blitz game. I think he'll try to create more pressure, which in turn 
for a backup quarterback, when you start seeing people in your face, you you start to rush things. You don't go all the way through in your throws. And I think that'll create some turnovers in which in turn will make UCF and that offense a little bit more hesitant to just sling it all around the field. So my answer is I think K-State would – with with that secondary, with Kobe Savage, they were embarrassed. I think they truly got a chip on their shoulder, that they got embarrassed by the University of Missouri, and that they would come back and hold them on the three hundred. All right. Will K-State cover the four-and-a-half-point spread? Yes, we were wrong last week, but yes, I think this week they will. I do think it's going to be a one-possession game, very, very close, all the way down to the fourth quarter, though. But I think K State will win by six or seven points in a very close game. All right. Now we all know Deion Sanders is the talk of the country right now at Colorado. So my question for you is: Is Deion Sanders a flash in the pan or the real deal? Uh, Deion Sanders is absolutely one hundred percent the real deal, Joe. Um, he is always been a guy that's been very boisterous. He's been a tremendous marketer. I don't think what he's doing is not being insulting. This is his game all along. He's been this way as a player, and I think he's taken the same approach as a coach. But I really, but the difference with Dion is Dion Sanders could actually coach. I think he hired one of the best staffs in the country. I think he was very strategic. I don't think they get the respect and notoriety that he did. He I mean, if you look at his staff, he's got people all the way across the board that can coach. And I think yeah. he mixed that in with people that are great motivators and coaches. It's a little bit of different. You got to be – some guys are good rah-rah guys, and then some guys are good X and O guys. And then you got some guys that can do it both. Dion understands football, and he has taken Colorado – not only captured the country, but he's really just market um, college football and been able to take it to a whole nother level because he's different. Mm -hmm. He does it different. He right. talks a lot, but he's three and oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, he's three and oh. But I think Deion Sanders, uh, I still don't expect him to win the Pac 12 this year. I still think they're going to have a tough game against Oregon this week. Yep. But I think I think they'll cover. I don't think they'll beat Oregon. But Dion is the real deal, and it's going to be hard for Colorado to keep him. Now, is he going to go 10-2 this year? I don't think so. But I didn't think he would win four games this year. Yeah, I didn't I, either. I, I didn't think he'd be 3-0. No, I thought he would, I thought he would be, uh, you know, maybe 2-1 and one at best because of the Colorado and Colorado. I mean, Nebraska and Colorado State, but the way he's looked, the way Shador Sanders looked, he's the real deal. Yeah. All right. So the NFL Hall of Fame ballot was released, and Jordy Nelson is on it. So my question is, will Jordy Nelson be elected to the NFL Hall of Fame? Boy, that is a great question, Joe. Uh, I don't think he'll get in, obviously, on the first ballot here. I think he will uh, – I think Jordy, boy, I got to go back and look at his number. Yeah, He's a guy that's probably on the verge, but I think it's going to take a few times for him to 
four of them maybe sneak in there. I'm optimistic uh, that he had had some big years in Green Bay that he may sneak in there, but I have to take a closer look at it. Yeah. I looked at his numbers, and he's borderline, I think. Borderline. He's right there. He's yeah. on the cusp. So. He's on the cusp. It will be nice for him to get in. Mm-hmm. Is there any K-State football player in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Garrett Spaney, isn't Spaney. it? Is yeah. Spaney. Is, is he a Hall of Famer? We need to make sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to confirm it. But I, I'm a, I'm almost confident that Spaney is. But I know Lynn Dickey's not. That will probably yeah. be the only two that would be contention. Yeah. That's yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that would be it. That's an interesting stat. But that's. That's interesting with Jordy to even make the ballot, though. Yeah, it's a great accomplishment. Very good accomplishment. Looking up Gary Spaney. He's in the K-State and Kansas Hall of Fame. We know that. Yeah, I guess he's not in the Hall of Fame. No. I don't know if there's a Kansas State football player in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't think so. What about Terrence? Well, this is kind of spitballing. What about Terrence Newman? I think he might make it. Might make it. Long career. Had some good numbers, but it's still a little subjective with him. Yeah. Good. Darren Sproles has probably got the best shot. Yeah, I mean, his all-purpose yardage is Darren Sproles five all-time. Sproles should deserve to be on the ballot mm-hmm. sooner or later. Yeah. Before Jordy Nelson. Yeah, yep. I, I, would, I would definitely think so. So what is your prediction this week, Joe? What do you got? I'm going K-State. 38-35. That's a good one. I don't have I'm, them covering, but I have them winning. I'm going uh, K-State 34-28. Burley covering. Very close game. Uh, I think it's going to take something in the special team game to get us over the hump. We got to get a turnover on defense or something to get us in the short field. And we need the K-State crowd to be nuts Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad it's a 7 o'clock game in the evening on a Saturday evening. I like that for our home field advantage. Right. They give them all day to drink. Yep. There's no question. Uh, you don't have to start tailgating too early. Right. <laughs> and you should have plenty of energy to cheer on the cats. That's right. All right. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got for today. Thank everybody. Download believe in k-state we need to get these numbers up we appreciate those who have been listening to us go wildcats we got to get back on track yes sir thanks reggie thanks joe have a good one you too man bye bye Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.